Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and I'm so excited to have my dear friend Meredith Baird on today. It's actually our second episode together. She was on when I first launched the podcast years ago. And I'm just really excited to catch up with her. She's the founder of Nucifera. She also is the author of multiple plant-based cookbooks. And she was instrumental in helping me start my company, which used to be called Poppy and Seed, and later turned into the fullest. So I'm so happy to have you here today. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Thanks for coming all the way to OC. Um, I wanted to just like kind of start off with the fact that you wear so many different hats in wellness and you used to work in restaurants and you have your um, cookbooks and now you have your whole skincare line which is amazing and I use daily on myself and my children and I just kind of want to hear about how you manage all of that and how it feels to have like gone from you know culinary school to restaurants to where you're at where you're at now yeah I mean I feel like you know my journey has really been a testament to sort of like following your passion following your interest in creativity I mean I graduated college um, in 2006 and like the economy was crashing and everything like I can see that now in hindsight like the idea of just going out and getting a job felt really hard. And so I was, have been a vegetarian and just super interested in the plant-based world and, you know, used to like voraciously read cookbooks and make meals with my mom. And that was just always an interest for me. And so when I graduated college, I ended up ditching what was going to be a path to go to law school and then decided to go to culinary school instead um, to study raw food, which is you know, super niche and just like pretty obscure at the time. Um, But it really opened my eyes to so much um, and just like inspired something in me that I don't think would have happened had I not done that and, you know, have lifelong friendships, etc. And then wellness, like that world has just blown up um, over the course of over the course of the last 15 years. And so I don't know, like I'm taking it one day at a time and feeling like, um, I don't know, just really grateful to have had the opportunity to pursue what I'm passionate about. Was it a big deal to not go to law school in your family and pursue raw food? Or was it was your mom super supportive? I mean, my mom has always been super supportive of whatever we want to do. And she could see, you know, like any sort of like holiday family meal, anything like that. Like I was always like in full control of and like making it, executing it. So I think she understood that that was like definitely something that was calling me. I was definitely supported in that. And, uh, you know, a relationship in college that was pretty, Like he was very entrepreneurial and I could sort of see like, oh, there's this different way of doing things um, and started working in restaurants and those people like so creative. So it's just a fun, I mean, at that time it was like a fun environment. Um, And I did feel like I started to meet kindred spirits that were sort of like out of this like academic box of like you go to school and then you have a specific job and it's like, oh, you can sort of make your way in this other realm. What were you doing in the restaurant scene? 
Because, you know, they're different. Like, some people end up being servers. That's their career. Yeah. Right? So, it's so different. Yeah. So, I... Um, I first, my first job in a restaurant was as a hostess and then I was a server and then I went to raw food school and learned that. And actually that boyfriend's mom, who's now a good friend of mine, she was, uh, she was living in Napa. And after I graduated culinary school, she was like, you should come move to Napa with me. And I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. Um, So I ended up in Napa and there I was doing like cleanse meal delivery. Like I set up a website. I mean, this was like just Facebook, but there was still MySpace, like the whole, you know, it was just like, um, and being like, now I can see being in the Bay area where there was so much tech, like early adaptation to Twitter and like that way of communicating was just become, it was just blowing up. Um, so I was using those tools to like get the word out there and yeah, I was doing cleanses and meal delivery. And then I ended up working in the wine industry, like wine, like I, I could see that part of the problem with the plant-based food movement was it was just like fringe and hippie and there was no ambiance and Cafe Gratitude, you know, they were in the Bay Area at that time and doing, um, you know, something really special and amazing, but it was also definitely pretty fringe. Yeah. You know, and being in Napa, some more mainstream food um, or like a mainstream high-end food culture. Um, But yeah, like I really felt like there needed to be, you know, there needed to be this like merge of like beautiful food that's like feels gourmet along with like wine and just like enjoying a meal and sitting down together and having that and Napa is a great place to explore that. There was an amazing vegetarian restaurant there called Ubuntu, which Jeremy Fox did. Like nobody even, I mean, people know about it, but it is was it really, still there? it's not still there, oh. but it was really ahead of its time. I applied to be a pastry chef there. I did not get that job, but um, <laughs> I'm super glad I yeah. didn't. Um, but yeah, just like that was kind of my intro into the food world. And then I ended up working with other people. (laughs) I don't know. I ended up working um, and doing a lot of things, wine lists, writing menus. You moved from Napa down to LA when you got that job. I moved actually from Napa to New York. Oh, okay. um, Opened a Peruvian restaurant in New York, uh, worked and opened a culinary school and restaurant in with Matthew Kinney. No way. Was it a Peruvian Matthew Kenny restaurant? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. In the East Village. Um, And a restaurant and culinary school in Oklahoma city, which was like the first iteration of where we met. Yeah. Um, how did you end up getting that posi- like connecting with the Matthew Kenny team? I met him at a dinner that he was doing in Brooklyn because my sister was, um, in college there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then yeah. you moved there from Napa. And then I moved there from Napa. How long did you live there? I lived in New York. I didn't know this. I know. I moved in, uh, I lived in New York about two and a half years um, and then spent a lot of time in Maine as well and um, then came to LA. I've been here 10 years. Wow. And do you think that at the time you knew or always had this like want for starting your own product line and getting into like consumer products or was it really like food as medicine um I I was just very into all aspects of natural health and and healing and wellness and you know 
part of my story is in my 20s, I really started suffering from eczema. And like now I see it was like stress related skin issues. My mom has psoriasis and I was taking what I was doing in food and that research um, and combine like using it as, you know, skincare and trying to basically heal my own skin issues. I've always like it's funny because I do like I was never like, oh, I'm going to start my own product line, but I've definitely always been a DIYer, Yeah, you know, so I've like always made my own products or made my own food or seen things and like figured out um, how to make it myself, even creatively, like fashion. Like I actually thought that that was going to be a path for a minute and I yeah. you know, got a sewing machine or whatever. Like that was a different journey, but, um, I definitely have always made things. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it is a natural sort of like a natural progression to then have the opportunity to, you know, make and sell my own product. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Cause when you know how to make things, people want to consume those things, whether yeah. that's food or any sort of product. Totally. Totally. And then, yeah, it is interesting because when you were just saying that you like to make things, uh -huh. I was thinking about you and how you were like showing me how you make those like cute little felt toys with Livia. Oh yeah. And to me, it just like looks so complicated, but it's such cute little like figurines that you guys make together and stuff like that. And just seeing you as a mom and continuing to grow your brand is such a beautiful um, thing to witness from the outside and so inspiring for me because I obviously had truth years later. And um, to me, it was just kind of like I I don't have very many friends other than my L.A. friends, like I was saying to you, that are working mothers. Yeah. So most women that I know are, you know, to spend their whole life committed to just their children. And I love that. And, but I also have similar to you, like this yearning for like making something and for sharing what I've learned with the world. And I'm sure that's the same for you. And your journey definitely has inspired me to know that like I can do that as a mom and that's okay. And there's a way to balance it all. And I'd love for you to kind of share about your experience because my mom was an esthetician and she at some point had her own spot, but she didn't necessarily like work full time. And um, if she did, like we were in school and it was only for a short period. So I consider my mom not a working mom, but you had a full time mom who yeah. was a lawyer. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that enabled her to be able to have balance or not, or if it was like a legit full-time career that like really meant that she was out nine to five. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, there's so many aspects of parenting or, you know, being a mother specifically and working. And we've definitely, for the last 20 years, I think, put so much pressure, probably 20 or 30 years, put so much pressure on women or look down on being a full-time mom or having to choose between being a mom or having a career. And I feel really fortunate that my mom was able to set an example of doing it successfully and doing both. You know, she was a partner in her firm. She was essentially her own boss. Like that definitely gave her more flexibility than just like being totally tethered, but you know, worked hard. And I see it as a survival skill, right? To be able to provide for your family and um, 
be present as a mom. And it does suck that women feel like they have to choose. And I think you and I have both been really fortunate in that we don't have, you know, we have, you've, there's play toys all in here. And like when I first launched my business and had my daughter basically at the same time, like she was at every PR meeting, I just like drug her around with me and honestly did not feel guilty about that one second because I wasn't going to be happy just sitting at home for me, you know, and was happy to have like errands and taking her to the bottle supply place. And, you know, I remember we had this huge order for anthropology that was supposed to be picked up. The wheels fell off of the whole exchange (laughs) and I had to essentially go sit in Sun Valley in the car with her for like six hours, just like breastfeeding. And I was just like waiting for this DHL truck to show up, oh my you know? God. And I knew at that time, I'm like, this is honestly fine. Yeah. Like what else would we be, be doing? At like, home, just at hanging home, out. Like, just yeah. hanging out. And I know like somebody may say like, that sounds awful, but it wasn't, you know, it just wasn't. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think she... We had the event, we did this event recently that you were a part of um, in Venice and I was behind our little booth and it was like super small and she walked in and you know, she's going to be six now. So she's a little bit older and I was like behind the the booth, like with Nusifera and she walked in with my husband and I saw her little face just like get so excited that I was like selling products, you know, and now (laughs) she is in the bath tinkering. I'm making a product. Smell this. I'm making it. She's like putting shampoo and conditioner and whatever else in. And she's like, this is my product. It's so, so to have her, because the world is a totally different place now than it was when I graduated college or started any of this. And there is, you know, with all the negative, there is also the positive of opportunity to make a career being creative. Yeah. So I don't know. No, I love that. And I totally, I mean, it's the same with truth. It's so cute where they can then like go on behind the table and share with a customer and be able to articulate like the talking points that they've heard you articulate. And and, um, truth is funny because he thinks that everyone has a product or a business because everyone he's really like surrounded (laughs) like you and Laurel and, uh, you know, a lot of our friends have something that they offer. And so um, he just thinks that that's just the way that it is. And I love that aspect of like showing them that they can create. And like we were just talking about to show them that the world is a great place um, and it can be a great place and to inspire them that they can like make a difference because I think every day we get bogged down with like, can we make a difference? You know, can't does me recycling make a difference? Right. Or does me doing these little things um, make a difference? But I, I feel, I do feel guilt sometimes like when I have to say bye and my children are sad, but I, I love remembering, um, you sharing that you like remember certain things that definitely make it all worth it for sure. Yeah. But, um, 
do you like you specifically wear, like I said, so many hats because you have your own business, you're a mother, you're a wife, you're running the household, but you also help other brands with starting their own businesses or with recipes or whatever that might be. So like, how does that work in your household? Do you feel like you take on too much or does it it's like a moment, a fleeting moment that it might feel like that, but it passes and like it all works out. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm figuring out how to communicate that more clearly because in COVID I did sort of stop some of the consulting and just like focused um, on Nucifera. And we're at this moment where it's like, should I go all in? you know, do you go all in on the business or do I continue to take on these other things? And I was telling someone the other day, for me, it can get very isolating working on your own business. It is just me. I don't have a team. The energy, like you want to be a total self-starter and motivated, but sometimes I need that other project or that other thing on my to-do list to kind of just help me get out of my head and like, focus on that and then stuff comes in for the business and the clarity and the motivation because just sitting down at your computer like wholesale outreaching or whatever it is that I need to do is so much easier if I have something else like occupying a little bit of my brain space because for you know for my business like a lot of it is streamlined like right now knock on wood but a, a lot of it is streamlined so some of the daily things are pretty you know, can be pretty redundant. Yeah. Um, and for me to stay in a creative space is really the best thing for my business. I feel like, yeah. So yeah, like I love working with other people and seeing what they are doing and like having and help, like helping people. Yeah. You know, I have so much experience and so many contacts and so many, just have seen so many ideas that work and what doesn't work and can help you sort of think through that. So yeah, yeah, that feels productive. Yeah. Like you help people who are just starting, but you also help like bigger brands that might just need, you know, more support. And then you get insight into like what might work for them and you could apply. So it really like kind of comes back full circle. Totally. Yeah. I love that too. I think that it's important because it's, I always actually have this like dream where one day, um, and I can't do it right now, obviously, or else like, I think I'll get shot by like everyone because I do take on too much. But, um, I want to start like a group with my friends or friends of friends that are working moms, um, who have businesses and like kind of share what works for us and what doesn't, because I think that I have like one-on-one conversations with someone like you or Laurel or Brooke from Good Milk. And it's so like just eye opening for me. And I can like kind of shift my strategy because at the end of the day, like I'm not going to bring someone in to like, you know, tell me what to do with my business, but it's important to like take just like how we have to take moments in our lives to take like stock of like where we want to go and what decisions we have to make to get there. Same thing with the business. And I think about that all the time and to strategize of like how that works. And it's nice because you do that probably with John. Yeah. But it's also, I think, nice to do that with, you know, women who are doing that with their own businesses. Yeah. Like 
there's so much we can all learn from each other and women, especially talking about money, like is, you know, something that women don't talk about enough and bringing income in via consulting takes some of the pressure off of my business as far as like what I want to bring home, you know, um, and maybe somebody would say you shouldn't do that because you should have that pressure on your business. But I don't want my business to be something that feels heavy. <laughs> so it provides just it helps lift it, you know. Hey, everyone, as most of you have probably noticed, clean beauty has exploded in recent years. And although that's amazing, it can seem sometimes counterintuitive to go out and buy a thousand different products, even if they're all natural. That's why from the moment I was introduced to Nucifera, I fell in love with their philosophy. Big believers that less is more, they make multi-use products from high quality plant-based ingredients. You may have heard of their cult favorite, the balm, that's deeply moisturizing and works on everything from combating dry skin to taming hair frizz and split ends. Personally, I love their on-the-go product, The Stick. It's an essential of mine, especially as a working mom. I throw it in my bag and use it for basically everything, from dry lips to deodorant to rubbing it on my belly to help with digestion. I've been raving about their products for years. I love that they're unisex and safe for kids, and they can be used on my whole family. They're being so generous to offer our listeners 15% off your order. Use code THEFULLEST at nuciferabody.com. That's N-U-C-I-F-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com. That just reminded me of what you were saying Agnes said to you. And I think that's really, it would be nice to share because that's just a different perspective and a different way of doing it. And maybe if it doesn't feel so heavy, then like the lightness can bring on, like things don't have to be hard. Like they can work well. And yes, there's going to be roadblocks and like shit that hits the fan. But like at the end of the day, I think when like energy's flowing, like it could just like flow well. I mean, you know, I can't remember exactly how she worded it, but reminded me also of something that I learned at Rama, like in Kundalini, like there's so much money and energy out in the world. And you can either be a beacon of positive reception, or you can be the opposite. And, you know, look, life does not a hundred percent work that way. I know that it does not. Um, but at least if you're going to roll the dice on it, I would much rather be in a space of believing that, believing that, you know, and, um, I, I see it on a daily, really on a daily or at least a weekly basis when I'm in this like spot, like, uh, you know, nothing works. And you see, like, if you lose your temper, like if you get in that mood, it's like, nothing's working, you know? And then if you're just like step away, like half of my biggest orders or like best emails or like most just like, yes, we're on it would like literally happen like while I'm on a bike ride or like at the beach or something. Yeah, It does not happen when I'm stressed out at my computer. Yeah. I completely agree. For us, that same thing, like our um, big 
partners, they all emailed us, you know, and they found us and it was through, you know, maybe something else that we did that might not have been the best. Like I think about this a lot with the fullest because, um, the question comes up like, Oh, like focusing on partnerships. Like, is that really the best use of our time to focus on partnerships? If like, we're really just trying to also do our own thing, but it's like, it like this same thing, it all just kind of flows. And like someone might find us through a partnership that we did with someone. And, and then all of a sudden Saks emails you or something, you know? And I, I love that you said it's kind of all this like energy that's flowing and you can either like, you know, be someone that stops it or be, um, you know, receptive to it or whatever, because the other day I was so stressed out actually yesterday and I was just like cutting, um, toast or something for my kids. And, and like one was screaming and the other one, like just at my legs, like begging for me. And then my husband and I were just like getting so frustrated and he was going to grab the baby or he was going to make the food, but I'm like so controlling about the food. So I told him to grab the baby. It was just like insane. And we, it was like this huge blow up. And, um, later when we talked about it, he was like, you just like, were so stressed out, like just putting butter on the toast or whatever, like you were stressed and I was trying to help you. And then I got to work and I just like started crying, which is like, you know, not very professional. Um, and that release of energy, like that's still energy and that needed to come out. But really what I'm passionate about, and I know what you're passionate about is like, using these like self-care practices, like you said, Kundalini, like, I don't know if you need to do Kundalini anymore. Um, I love it. I haven't done it in a while, but yeah, I still love it. But whether it's Kundalini or going on a bike ride or a walk or taking a bath or whatever it is, like those self-care practices that remind us to like be in flow. Like, remember when being in flow was like such a thing? I feel like it was like (laughs) talked about at conferences. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't know what that means. What do you mean? What's it flow? But like, that's really what that means. Like being in flow and then like you're in flow with like life. A hundred percent. Like my whole life changed. I think maybe I even said this on our last like podcast, but my whole life changed. Like I met my husband, Oh my gosh, changed yeah. careers, got pregnant with my daughter, like all in this very like fast turn like moment in time and it was was it like a year two years it was like a year so insane um and it was also just when I had turned 30 and I remember Danielle was like this is your solar return like this is what's happening and I actually just met with someone recently who was had just turned 30 and their life was kind of spiraling and I'm just like this is where, this is exactly, like, thank goodness that you are having this moment at 30 because... If not, then it happens. If not, then it happens later. So um, I forget kind of where I was going with this, but... Being in flow. Yeah, being in flow and, like, asking the, like, just, I don't know. I was, like, panting at Rama obsessively <laughs> in 2014, just like, show me the signs, show me the signs, show me yeah. the signs. And then they just like started. I mean, I don't know if you're like comfortable getting into that like time period, but like that was like a huge shift in yeah. your entire life. You yeah. spent how many years in that restaurant scene with, you know, your partner? How long? Like, like about eight. 
eight yeah. years yeah. and you like just up and left. Yeah. I mean, it was all divine timing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was all divine timing. But like to trust or to have that. See, like, that's the thing. It's like, it's really easy, obviously, for you and I to sit here and like the universe will support us and like say that, totally. you know, but at the same time, like you said, the, what's the alternative to like, just believe that life sucks and it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's not productive either. And no. so saying, you know, to our children, like the world is a great place, like really believe that the world is a great place and like try and believe and hold on to that for as long as like you can, because that's, what's going to like hold you through like later in life. It's like the same thing for us. Like we're, we need to remind our inner child and ourselves, like it's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm not religious, but I hold on to this idea that there's this like higher power that's definitely like has something in store, whether, you know, you're into astrology or whatever that might be. It's like, we're all here and we're all so unique and our experience is gonna, I mean, even your experience with Livia and starting Nusi was for me a huge deal. Yeah. And so it's like, it's impacts people. You don't know that it impacts sharing about it on social media, even though I was just on Dr. Will Cole's podcast and he was like, okay, like whatever bunch of questions all at once, just like, um, what do you think about social media? Is it good or bad? And I was just like, it's hard because social media can be so good. Yeah. And it's all about like how you use it. Yeah. And I know that you, you know, that's what you, you really share on social media. And I think that it really does help people learn more about plant-based foods, whether that's like a hundred percent how you're going to, you know, instill that on Livia or not. It's still so important for people to remember the power of plants. Yeah. Like I, you know, in this conversation, like, I mean, first I'll just like add this in, you know, my life has not always been great remotely. My dad was super sick most of my childhood. He got diagnosed with cancer at a super young age. He died when I was 12. Like that was like my childhood from about eight to 12 was very hard. And staying like somewhat and you know it used to annoy me so much because I grew up in the south there was like a lot of Christianity around me like God does stuff for a reason God does stuff for a reason and you're just like yeah no I mean yes and no and like I don't believe that like what happened to my dad was for a reason other than bad luck and we can all experience that um which definitely contributes to OCD, but, um, or like some kind of hypochondria (laughs) occasionally, but how you react to things like we are not really in control and you can either walk around miserable knowing that, or you can walk around (laughs) like a little more light. Yeah. And I've sort of chosen the latter route because the better, you know, I actually was walking on the Venice boardwalk around the same time that I experienced a lot of change in my life. And there was a course of miracles just like on the boardwalk. 
And I picked it. I was just like, wow. Okay. You know, like this is. Do you have it now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you been doing Marianne Williamson? Like she does a reading. You can sign up. Like we should both do it. I should up. do it. I haven't done it. You know, I haven't like done yeah. the course or really. There's a part of me that is for sure spiritual and always has been. Um, and even with like, you know, even with religion now that I, now I see like there is a grounding as you know, aspect to it. Like I, I went to Christian school until the eighth grade. I was never baptized. I just, not to turn this like in a conversation about religion, but I love it, it didn't like <laughs> totally make sense to me to give my life to Christ at that time. Um, Where was, is your mom baptized? Like was my dad was more religious than okay. my mom. And my mom was just kind of like going with it. Um, cause he had more of an idea of like that we would be raised in the church. Um, and like, was your sister baptized? No. Okay. So, so, like- so, but so we, you know, grew up going to church, went to Christian school until the eighth grade. And, Around 10, like everyone I knew was getting baptized. And I was just like, Why 10? Like, because they choose. And like, um, it was, you know, we were Baptist and you get to choose. Okay. And so that I feel like is just like an age where you're sort of mature enough to choose. But I was like, "Mm," Because I would always say, Yeah, but what if you were born in China? Or what if you were born in the Middle East? Or what if you were, you know. And you didn't have access to this. Then you're just like, yeah. Yeah. And I, it, I just, and the answer was never that good enough. It was like, okay, there are missionaries. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But like, what if you were born in China? Yeah. What if you were born in the Middle East? Like, you would not believe this. And so I just did that math pretty early on and just wow. could not envision fully giving my life to Christ. Um, so I didn't, I never got baptized, but I do think that foundation like of whatever it is, a higher power, uh, some sort of grounding, because I do think we're in this time where we're like experiencing a crisis of identity and like a crisis of values, like, what is grounding you? What are your values? Like, what are we instilling in our children? And I do have moments where I'm like, we should just start going to church. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's easier. just too much. It's yeah. Like it's easier. too much to navigate the world without any sort of, um, guide. Yeah. Other than TikTok or secular, just a purely secular experience. Um, so I know. I, I don't mean, know. I totally have that thought. And then I'm like, but I don't agree with that. But I do yeah. because I do agree with the foundation a hundred percent. But then it's like, this is all like a way to control people. And, but then at the same time, I like, I'm sure at some point it was like purely like beautifully channeled text that, you know, I don't know. But then it just kind of, Every religion, at not every, because like you can start your own religion, like I can start my own religion, but <laughs> these religions that are, you know, more popular that we all know about, like at, they kind of, at the end of the day, it's about having these like values that are kind about having well, it's morals. it's a community and yeah. framework to operate in the world. Like I yeah. say, 
I've said this to my husband. I'm like, we were COVID thrivers because, I mean, like, fortunately so, like, to be in a cozy, safe home and yeah. everything. Um, but – You had community. We had community. Um, but we also have so many choices and so many directions that we can go in. And that's, like – a blessing and a curse, you know, it just yeah. is. And even, you know, we were talking about school and my daughter starting school and like analysis paralysis, like what happened to just like the community school that you're paying taxes for it to be nice and function yeah. and you walk there and in a town like Los Angeles, there are so many different choices. It's really, um, overwhelming yeah and it does destabilize like just like the community feel of like going to your local elementary school yeah um, I I love that idea of like one schoolhouse all ages together yeah, yeah. And I just really want that to happen. There's actually a place here um, called the Ecology Center. Oh yeah and we saying. have to go but they're building a schoolhouse oh, cool. on their farm fun. And like, it's just that exactly that they're doing, um, which is so exciting. But I think that that model of, you know, and like I going back to the religion thing, I think the one thing that you and I could probably really like instill that doesn't feel like it's a religion, but it is to other people, but it's this idea of like nature yeah, and like nature being that grounding aspect and this idea that nature gives us you know, everything that we need, it gives us sunlight, it gives us water, it gives us herbs, it gives us plant medicine, like traditional Chinese medicine is all based off nature. Ayurveda is based off nature. Like it's all there. And we are fortunate enough to have access to that because, you know, um, I, I think about this all the time, like different cultures have their way of eating and their lifestyle and their diet. And it's all like, it all makes sense. It's so much more connected to yeah. like where they are. You know, I mean, I think the original conversation here was going to be like about plant-based things. Yeah. Um, and one part of the plant-based movement that I'm seeing now that's so, let me just back up for a second. Like, yeah, I know when I went say. to, <laughs> when I went to raw food culinary school, um, you know, that sounds just like, whatever, but <laughs> it opened. And I, I mean, we all in this room have that foundation yeah. and as a dogma and way to hundred percent live your life. No, but what it did show me is just like eating foods in their most natural state, eating seasonally, like the vibration of the things that you're eating, all of it sounds so fringe, but when you like make that as a foundation in your life in your early 20s like it really opens the doors to so much understanding like because we're so disconnected from the seasons and eating foods that are just clean and simple like yeah. we don't have to make it complicated and all the the diets and the trends and the like and I was going to say like in the vegan food space now like if you had asked me a year ago, I would have said, okay, like the tech meat aspect, like I see 
how it serves its purpose, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to factory farming and fast foods and replacement for these foods that are not good for us at all. Yeah. But what really needs to happen is people need to be educated about what that is. Yeah. And have access. I mean, access is a huge piece of it. Um, of course, like have access to foods that are not processed, that are in their more natural state, that are nourishing in this other way. And now it's just like at this moment, like so much processed plant food crap. Yeah. And then and plant I'm just like, has wait, this, like, we've bad- kind of like, hello, like we need to like go back, go back. And it's so crazy to me because it's like, the messaging is that it's not accessible, but it's like what we were literally, that's where we were years ago before like the industrial revolution. Yeah. And that's like, it was accessible for everyone because everyone has a right to have access to unprocessed food. And like, I totally believe that wholeheartedly because all these other cultures, like that's how my mom laughs because she's like, Nikki, like when I would eat quinoa, she's like, Nikki, that's what we fed our animals in Iran. Like that's how animals like grow and become bigger. Like why are you eating quinoa? It's going to like make you fat. I mean, obviously her whole thing is like, does cashew- <laughs> do cashews make me fat? I'm like, this is so backwards. Yeah. People ask me that all the time. And I'm like, do cashews make you fat? Like, come on. That's the most like... I mean, there's a whole thing about cashews being poisonous that like David Wolf believes or whatever, but like I still, it's like, it's a cashew, it's a nut. Like just don't overdo it, you know? Let's just like eat real food, not food that's been grown in a lab so that it's not, you know, from an animal anymore and not like, and like you said, that's what raw food taught us. That's what the culinary school taught me is look at the label and look at like what's in your food because it's not solving the problem still. I mean, a hundred percent, you know, it's funny. Like I think about when I used to be like on my computer and this was like a lot, like this was probably early two thousands, like on my computer, looking at raw food recipes. And I'm like, really? Oh my God. Like this has so many fat grams and calories. And you know, I mean, like high school in the late nineties, like we totally ate slim fast, you know, whatever. Yeah, I like, loved slim fast. I, I was know. like fourth grade drinking. Slim <laughs> I mean, and then to see like a raw food recipe and you're like, there's so many fat and calories. And then like you get indoctrinated in it and you're like, wow, when you're not eating processed food, like your body just matter. regulates, you feel nourished. That's a whole aspect of like, just education that I would honestly like to get, get more into, especially for younger women, your brain needs to be calm, not stressed, function, recognize your cycle and the fluctuations that you're going to experience the fluctuations of even now at almost 40, like looking at them in the mirror, it's like you have your weeks where you feel good and you have your weeks where you feel like you don't look that great. Yeah. But now I'm old enough to be like, you basically look the same. Yeah. Um, But to have that perspective, because when you're 17, like you just can, it can become so toxic. Yeah. And so eating foods that are 
have high quality fats and minerals and vitamins and nourished a nourished body is so much more regulated and your perspective on life is just better I hopefully you like teach that class <laughs> and all of our kids maybe can, one day can definitely want to instill that in my daughter yeah. you know and not like try to avoid a complex eating disorder fingers crossed I don't think like she doesn't you know we eat to nourish our bodies it all and honestly like eating disorders going back to feeling like you have a lack of control in your life and also if you like your mom is I mean like I were my truth doesn't know what fat is yeah like what same. fat and skinny is like we don't have that in our vocabulary yeah, totally we don't describe people that way and like when my mom comes over or when some like they'll if they'll explain like I'm just like don't say that word totally that, it's not even necessary you can explain or describe someone as wearing an orange shirt you know it's just not necessary at all. And I, I think that when we change our vocabulary, when we're not worried about it and we're doing things because it makes us feel good, like running or yoga or whatever, because it makes us feel good so that we can be in flow. Yeah. It's like such a different conversation. They won't even know. And that's where like school comes in, obviously. And you'll experience this because truth has, you know, gone to preschool and um, we don't watch any TV. There's no media in our household. Um, he's, you know, watched Thomas the train here and there or whatever, but it's not like we don't have a TV. So it doesn't happen often. And he went to school and comes back and he's all about like shooting, shooting things like yeah. Pokemon. And I'm like, I'm going to a Waldorf preschool. Like yeah. what is happening where yeah. at even like this preschool that we're talking about guns and not because there was like a shooting anywhere, but because like that's just in like everyday media. It's so sad. But I think that at home, that's why I think that like having that being able to have that balance of like being a working mom, but being with our children or like ha knowing if your family's with the children or the caretaker is like not, you know, telling them about these things and ha it's really hard. The other thing I really, before we like end our podcast, the other thing I think with school, since we're talking about school that comes up is really interesting because you and I have like a similar diet I think, and like we've explored, I mean, I like, I say this all the time until like you took me to Juusta, <laughs> I like didn't even want to eat rice, but then I ate Juusta's rice. Cause I was like, okay, like Meredith's eating it. I'm going to try <laughs> rice again, which is so sad and goes back to this idea of like having OCD and, um, being scared. It was like, obviously when I was just like, you know, um, not as far along in my journey, yeah. but, um, you know, you were at that time like exploring more Weston A. Price in terms of, you know, reading up about the fat and how it's like so good for the brain, but like animal fat specifically and um, like grass fed meat. And then you kind of like turned back to like plant based, like more plant based. And I feel like I just don't like me. Like that's just the way that I've been like my whole life. And I just don't understand because I'm like, I'm O positive blood type. Like maybe I, I am not 
but I know that at the end of the day, I believe in like our intuition. Mm-hmm. And I believe that going back to this place of like, if I've never liked it, like I just don't resonate with it. Yeah. I don't resonate with that, whatever the vibration of that food is. Um, my dad makes me grass fed, grass finished kebabs and I'll eat it. And that's kind of the extent of my meat Uh journey. Um, but with my kids, like I want them to eat it, but I, I, I find it going back to the school thing. Like when we go to parties or stuff like that, it's like, do you want the gluten-free dairy-free option? It's like, I, it's not really about gluten-free dairy-free for me. It's about like, where is the source of the food coming from? You know, like Fresh Brothers, Fresh Brothers. I'd never like really heard about it. I just saw a sign on like billboards, you know, but now families at the school, like they order Fresh Brothers pizza at parties because they offer dairy-free options, gluten-free options, like all of the above. So there's something for everyone. But like going back to this idea of like food as like just in its most, not fully unprocessed form, but it's like our poor children are getting um, just like, it's still all confusing. Like the menus, the kids menus on restaurants. They're still crap. It's still the same thing. It's just gluten-free gluten-free chicken tenders, gluten, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, it like drives me nuts. So like, anyways, the reason I'm saying this is because I'd love for you to kind of share your food philosophy because I mean, people look up to you for that, you know, and, um, obviously online, like it's primarily plant-based because people need that and need to remember that you can eat plants and it tastes good, but like, just kind of give us your whole. Yeah. So At the end of the day, my philosophy on food is fully what is the source. And that's at home, you know, and eating like unprocessed, just clean, simple, whole plant-based foods at home is what we do. Um, But as my daughter has gotten older and I see what she's gravitating towards or what she and we were talking about this earlier, like just the diversity of their actual diet is pretty you know, she's not really eating greens or like she's picky, you know, and I do the best that I, you know, you do the best that you can within what they will eat. Um, and obviously like not really making separate food for them and like yeah. just trying to like, I used to think that I would not have a picky child. Turns out that's not exactly where we are right now. And so trying to cater to what she wants. And she definitely has like a protein. I mean, she used to eat sardines. She definitely likes, loves like raw cheeses um, and eggs and things like that. And I don't want to limit her. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely open to like exploring like what is going to make her you know, just the healthiest and the most balanced because I don't want to just give her fruit bombs and sugar and all. I mean, even with fruit, like I don't think anybody should really be that worried about the sugar and fruit. But um, if you're five and all you want to eat is like mango, um, you know, like we have to balance it. Mm -hmm. So I just really feel like being mindful of the source, my heart is always Mm plant-based like it makes the most sense to me like you I've never really had a taste for meat um 
but I have a story, actually a story to share. Uh, my uncle is my aunt and uncle and cousins were a major influence in me in deciding to become vegetarian. They've been vegetarian for like 40 years. Wow. And my uncle who is really actually, he won't listen to this, but he's pretty obnoxious about being a vegetarian. (laughs) Never thought he had touched it meat in the last 40 years. And he told me a story. He was hiking in China, got, gets taken in by this older woman who grills sausages and he ate the sausages and he was like, Well, she was alive and the sausage was dead. (laughs) Whose feelings am I going to hurt right now? Yeah. And I was starving and cold. And I'm like, I was just like, wow. You know, I mean, this sounds like so whatever. But still, it's a big deal. But I think, you know, we have to remind ourselves too, especially with children and socialization and being a part of community and not being judgy to other parents and just like not giving your kids like obviously you set the foundation at home but they go out in the world they need to be able to make decisions I don't want to be like you're going to a birthday party for this very sweet girl at the park like I actually don't want to be the asshole family that is like Where's this cake from? Yeah. You know, and that doesn't open the door for me to a conversation to anybody. Mm -hmm. That just makes us look like we're sort of inflexible. Yeah. So um, I do think, you know, you have to realize. There's going to be that. There's going to be that. (laughs) And I certainly ate it growing up. You know, I'm not going to give her. Ralph's icing at home (laughs) but if she has a a bite of it somewhere I'm also not going to lose sleep over it that's so good yeah I'm like not there I know but (laughs) I mean I like obviously uh, yeah there's been times you know whatever but like what I found that's really interesting is Truth's at a tennis camp right now and they're feeding the they, I bring him food to eat where because he's four and it's like from age four to nine. So most of these kids aren't eating until around noon when it's lunchtime and lunch is pizza or like tacos or something from the local spot. And Truth will sit there and eat his own food and not even ask for pizza. But he eats pizza. It's not even like I don't give him pizza. He eats pizza all the time. It's just like an organic pizza. Yeah. Um, but... It's interesting to me because he's like, oh, I can't have that and like doesn't even care. And I wonder if when they're nourished, you know, and they don't feel deprived because it's not like he's a raw foodist, you know, he eats pizza. He eats all of those things just like a different source. Um, I just tell him like, hey, our family, like we really care about eating organic. It's part of like our wellness routine and um, specifically for him, obviously, because he has MCAD. Like I don't, that's how I manage it. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, okay. Like I can't have that because it's not organic, but you can have some of my food and he shares. So sweet. But it's like, I think when they don't feel deprived like you said if they don't feel like oh my gosh I'm such an outcast I can't have it because I'm you know it's like not a big deal then it just it's not a big deal yeah 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 I think we put different you know and Livy is a little older than truth now so she's doing the math on (laughs) you know things a little bit and I know obviously we're not gonna have 
control over what they eat forever. No. And I just want to give her the best healthy foundation that I can. And so she can make the decision. So she can make the yeah. decision. We could sit here all day yeah, and yeah. chat about all of it. Exactly. I could totally sit here all day and like get into Newsy with you and all that. Um, if anyone's interested, definitely check out our first um, podcast episode that we had together. We talk about new C. It doesn't have the new products that are also some of my favorites. Um, but it kind of gives you a rundown on like the bomb and using like a one size fits all, you know, approach to, um, just like personal care products, which I love. But uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Nikki.